It is uh, Monday, the 25th of October, 2020. Uh, it was suggested the other day that I drop the uh, heavy metal portion of the intro uh, after the voiceover guy, as it doesn't really match the tempo of the show. Uh, theoretically, if I were to come out of the intro and my tone was that of someone, uh, a man with his balls on fire, it would be fine. So in a search to find a new tune, I created something that turned out just fucking horrific. So that entirely matches the tone of the show. Hope you enjoy it. Uh, all of this and very little else on episode 44, the Danny Ainge episode. That fucking guy had better uh, make some moves uh, this offseason. He's got like 14 first-round picks and nowhere to put these guys unless they cut bait with a handful of other guys. And of course, this draft blows, which makes trading them all the more difficult. That's really all I have to say about that. This is Complaints and Observations. The greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about... Eh. Almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Wouldn't you like to get away? You can't be yourself, you can't be yourself, you can't be yourself in Boston. Good, that's good poise out there. Good poise. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe. I don't really think it it uh, flows very well. I mean, the music is fine. It's, you know, uh, royalty-free electronic uh, music. It's, it's a decidedly different tone. And I had a fucking blast just messing around with shit on uh, Audacity last night. You know, putting in all these various drops and stuff. That's fun. I could do that all the time. I could spend hours and hours doing that. That would have been great. I apologize for the first sniffle of the, of the day. Being in the basement uh, doesn't lend itself to um, clear nasal passages, apparently. So, uh, Greetings, salutations, complainers. What's cooking? Uh, I trust this podcast finds you well. You know, I hate myself for using that fucking phrase that uh i trust this finds you well bullshit in my work emails over the last five or six years i don't know like how did that happen it's uh completely trite means nothing it's a shitty phrase i mean shouldn't that be implied anyway that I hope my email finds you well. I mean, if it doesn't, what the fuck? Are you, you going to reply? No, not well. Fuck you. Unless your email goes straight to someone's junk or, or spam folder, it should be implied that you care uh, about them on some level, right? 
I mean, any any kind of level. If I'm taking time out of my day to reach out to you, clearly I care about your well-being in some regard. I may just want money from you. I may just want to sell you some crap, but I I still want I still want you to be well. So that's not really needed. Right? So, uh, another change in the show, aside from the wonderful criticism that I received about the intro, which was warranted, um, I was also told by uh, another one of my four listeners to stop using the word anywho as a transitional phrase. Uh, it is a verbal crutch in the same vein as the the ums and ahs and uhs and all that crap that I usually do, but far more annoying and uh, completely unfunny. Not sure what would uh, you know constitute using that term. And quite frankly, I don't know why I started doing it in the first place. I'm not entirely certain. I don't know. Maybe I did think it was it was clever somehow but uh and i look i was i was aware of it i was aware that it sucked before being told and uh but i didn't really think anybody cared you know i guess it's nice to be wrong sometimes anyhow another good weekend uh for your humble hosts must say i got some shit done in the house not a ton, but enough. Um, I, I like to tell my wife that this is a five to ten year project, if not longer, just to make this house uh, li- nah, not livable. I shouldn't say that; it's not right. However, I did come to the uh, decision that I will be uh, outfitting the entire uh, shed that we have outside now. Shed slash uh, pool storage. I'm going to be taking that and redoing the entire thing. So I'm going to be purchasing a secondary shed to put all the shed goodies into. Um, As someone who does not want to do uh, any kind of yard work or landscaping on my own, because I'm terrible at it and I'm lazy, so uh, I don't need a ton of shit. I don't need a lawnmower. I need a snowblower because, look, you need them. It may not ever snow uh, again. Thank you, global warming. It's a hoax. Let me shut the fuck up. Um, but there's, and I, I discussed this with my uh, general contractor, who just happens to be my brother, uh, who uh, is way smarter than I am when it comes to this shit. So I just, I asked him the other day, so I'm like, look, what's, what's the easier uh, location? Would it be the basement or would it be the uh, um, the shed? And he agreed with me that the shed would be better. So now there's a lot of work to just figure out, okay, is the shed uh, structurally sound? And, you know, what's the deal? So he'll be coming by this week, hopefully, and get started sometime soon with some demo and putting some shit up. And uh, I got to order a, a shed. Um, I will likely reach out to some of my former coworkers who... Uh, may be able to procure a discounted price for me. Hint, 
wink, nudge. Even though it wasn't subtle at all. I literally just said that. So if any of my former co-workers happen to be listening to the program, please send me a text and, and say, hey, Dave, uh, I'd love to help out with that. I don't like to bother people. I've, I've asked, I asked one the other day and I haven't heard back from him. So it's like, yeah, okay, I get the point. And then I asked an, uh, another coworker previously when I bought a, a bunch of other shit when we moved in. So I don't want to ask him again. I don't want to be that guy. I don't like asking, period, because quite frankly, I think that's, you know, stealing. But look, they're a multi-billion dollar company. They're not going to miss a couple hundred bucks because of fuck. Um, but anywho, fuck. Damn it. I didn't even, I didn't do that on purpose, I swear. Completely shit. Oh, God, I'm so fucking mad at myself now. God damn it. Um, all right. A lot of uh, sports this weekend, as always, which is good. We'll get to that um, a little bit later. Friday night, I went out to the big city and uh, and had some uh, some drinks and some food with a couple of old pals. It's good to see them. Um, and I noticed something that I hadn't thought of previously. As you may be aware, we, uh, the, the collective we, are dealing with a, a global viral catastrophe at the moment. So we're all having to adjust the way that we live. At one point Friday, I had to use the loo. So we were sitting outside. So I had to get up and go inside. So on went the mask. I trotted inside of the, uh, the restaurant. And uh, on my way there, I see a couple who I assume are in their mid to late 20s having uh, a real heart-to-heart right next to the men's room door. Like, literally, right next to it. Now, there isn't a ton of people in this place, and there's plenty of room. There is so much more room and so many more places for these people to be having this conversation right where they're standing, was not that place. Um, and they're both wearing uh, masks, face masks. Now, typically, it's very entertaining to watch uh, young love be snuffed out in public like that. Be the first to admit. Uh, but it takes on an entirely different quality when there's uh, cloth covering half of the, of the participants' faces. Uh, the guy was doing the typical uh, mid-20s dude uh, begging routine that included the phrase, quote, I don't get why you don't like her. She's just a friend, end quote. I could hear it clear as day as I was taking a leak in the men's room that I went into because they're right outside the door. Now, clearly, the young lady that he was talking to Thought he was full of shit. And I'll go ahead and make the rash assumption that he was. Why? Because he's a dude in his mid-twenties. And when he says shit like that, it's either A, uh, he had slept with her, B, wants to sleep with her, or C, she's uh, a little catty, if you will. So I finished my duty in there, and after I heard the gentleman say that and wrapped up, washed my hands thoroughly, uh, no... Paper towels in this place. Still going with the hand dryer. I thought that that was uh, 
a no-no during this thing, the hand dryer. I don't know. Anyways, uh, so when I left, I walked out the, uh, the door, and uh, the poor girl is in the same spot, back against the wall, and again, right next to the men's room door. But this time, she's crying with the mask on. So her head's down a little bit. Uh, you know, the mask is like coming up now, covering three quarters of her face. And it was, you know, I felt bad. Okay, you know, nobody wants to see somebody cry. Unless you're a narcissist. Not a narcissist, a sadist. Um, but it was, it was weird. It was a weird look at what quote-unquote normal is at the moment. Or at least what passes for normal. If this were a standard Friday night, that situation likely would have been far more animated. And far more entertaining. But it just, it really stood out to me as one of these things that, okay, these are the kinds of things that we have to deal with currently where you cannot have the the same interaction with somebody because you're wearing a mask. However, the context of that interaction is exactly the same. The only difference is what's on your face. That's it. So it doesn't really change per se. It's just it's slightly different than normal. Also, wouldn't it be hard to take it has to be hard to, to take someone seriously when they're talking behind a mask. I think so. But it's a necessity at this point, so fucking deal with it. It was one of these things that I saw and immediately thought, well, I gotta write that down. I need to share that with my with my four listeners. It's an insightful observation. See, that's how the program is supposed to go. Like that. You know? I mean, I, I, that's kind of what I thought of when I started this crap. We'll get to more podcasting stuff in a bit, but I wanted to get to sports because uh, I enjoy them. A um, lot of sports this weekend. There was a UFC fight where uh, Khabib w- wins a uh, unified uh, lightweight title and then immediately retires in a very heartfelt, uh, un-Khabib-ish uh, type of way. If you're at all familiar with Khabib, you know that he's kind of a um, Russian so he sort of, you know, typically in public, he lacks that uh, emotion. Very, very Drago-esque. Without the uh, speeding treadmills and indoor tracks. Um, so it was, you know, it was interesting to hear him talk about his dad. His dad, who was his coach for his whole life, um, very well known within the sport, and his dad uh, got the Rona and died back in July. And then he said that he had promised his mother that this would be his last fight because his mother said, you can't, you, you know, you can't do this without your father. It's like, holy fuck. That's deep. That's intense. That was not what I expected. He goes out and he chokes out uh, Justin Gaethje in the second round. Done. Easy win. He says all kinds of nice things about Gaethje, which again, and that's probably on me thinking that that he's not capable of having these emotions, but uh, it was a very interesting, uh, very interesting ending. I didn't watch anything. I didn't, it was on, it, the, the fucking thing started like one o'clock, one thirty in the afternoon. The main event was at five because they were fighting on, uh, in, in Abu Dhabi, Fight Island, which, you know, it, it, it lost its luster, I think, after the first pay-per-view. And they, they should have, they shouldn't have said where it was. 
You know, at least for the first couple, they should have really fucking played it up and, and turned it into like a uh, Mortal Kombat esque, Street Fighter esque event, secret location somewhere. You could have just lied somewhere in the South Pacific, somewhere in the North Sea, somewhere in fucking Antarctica, Fight Island. Dana White could have come out and you know made a fucking big production out of it. Missed opportunity, I think, for them. Again, this why I'm in the wrong business. I should be in marketing. Like that was that was fucking brilliant. It would be funny. I talked about Fight Island before, and I think I don't know if I mentioned it in the same context, but um. But yeah, so World Series, surprisingly good series. Surprisingly good. That finish the other night, Saturday night, uh, was flat out fucking bananas. Absolutely bananas. No, I mean, a comedy of errors by the Dodgers, who are the Atlanta Falcons of, of Major League Baseball, constantly finding different ways to lose. Uh, and then they go out last night and win. Kershaw comes out, throws a good game again. Even though he only he got yanked after five and two thirds, but Dave Roberts, to his credit, he brings in that fucking weird ginger Dustin May, and he he comes in and shuts uh, shuts the Rays down. Uh, so the Dodgers are up three two, and again, surprisingly good series. I would rather see selfishly, just because I I have a series bet on the Dodgers, I'd rather them win uh, tomorrow night and just get it over with. However, I don't think I would have an issue with Game 7 if there were a Game 7, just for entertainment purposes only. Although, it would probably be a six-hour game because both of these managers just drain their bullpens uh, until the game was over. That's my guess. So we'll see. That should be good. But the other thing that I noticed is during the pregame broadcast, David Ortiz is part of the, uh, the, the guys on the set with... Uh, Frank Thomas, who is twice the size of fucking David Ortiz. Frank Thomas is a massive individual. And in, in this new genics or whatever the fuck he's on. Uh, holy Christ. What, what the fuck is in that stuff, dude? He's huge. Uh, Alex Rodriguez and, and David Ortiz. Now, did anyone happen to notice what I believe were bejeweled earpieces in David Ortiz's ear? Ears, plural. Because it looked to me as if he had bejeweled, like with with a silver sparkly bejewels, his earpieces. The guy is such a fucking baller that standard TV earpieces aren't enough. Make them garish looking and, and obnoxious. I mean, they're ugly as fuck, but it's hilarious. I got such a kick out of it. Are the Patriots yesterday? Yikes. Fucking gross. Another comedy of errors. From everyone associated with the organization from the top down. And I say that for a couple of different reasons. One, um, I'm kind of glad we weren't able to go uh, to the game yesterday, because I would have been so pissed if that's, you know, let's say they decided, hey, this is, we're going to start letting people in. Uh, Mr. LaPointe, um, you and your group, uh, you're welcome back to the San Francisco game. Yeah. I would have, I would have lost my shit. They really need to let some people in to watch these games. 10,000. 
fine, whatever. You can you can safely have ten thousand people in a building that's that seats fifty thousand. Yeah. Um, the coach, quarterback, uh, the receivers, uh, the defense, the secondary got fucking picked apart by uh, Captain Average Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo, Garoppolo, whatever his fucking name is. I don't think the kid's that good. I think Kyle Shanahan is a good coach for the most part. And, you know, I, I really thought that after that interception that he threw um, early second quarter, early second quarter, um, th- that things would, he would revert back to um, classic Jimmy G, throwing the ball all over the place and being a bum. But my assumption is that he was very motivated. I don't know why, but, you know, Belichick wanted to keep him. And if it were up to Belichick, he'd still be here. But he was clearly motivated. He didn't really do much. I mean, he was okay. It's not like he went out and threw for 350 and four touchdowns. Um, but, I mean, there were multiple occasions when uh, Cam Newton threw the ball into the dirt two feet in front of a receiver. That's not good. It's not going to work at all. Also not going to work. Josh McDaniel still fucking sucks. I will die on this hill. He's not a good coach. I'm sorry. He he was uh, very lucky to have Tom Brady as his quarterback. And you can't even go back to like 2008. Was he there 2008? No, I'm pretty sure. Let me Google while I'm talking on the fucking podcast. 2008. That's right. Offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach in 2008 with the New England Patriots. He became the head coach in Denver 2009. Came back to New England 2012. Now, in 2008, when Tom Brady wasn't there, he had a serviceable quarterback in Matt Castle, but a freaking gaggle of weapons. He had just a, a variety of excellent wide receivers, good tight ends, decent running backs, uh, you know, I probably could have done okay. That's that's not true. That's not true at all. However, so now he can't lean on Tom Brady to make do with to with with his shitty calls three quarters of the time. And I don't think Cam has the leeway just yet to audible out of plays. Yet, I mean, I could be wrong, maybe because I don't know. But there has to be a reason why the only receiver that got open yesterday was Jacoby fucking Myers. He was the only one. He had, what, four or five catches? Cam threw the ball to him seven times. Cam and Stidham. I think Stidham threw it to him three or four times. But uh, I may go back and watch the All-22 tape. Yeah, that look, that's fucking right. We study tape here at Complaints and Observations poorly, just like grade school, but we study nonetheless. Um, to try and see what the fuck Cam was looking at out there after the snap. I'm more curious. It's just curiosity because he's not this bad. Can't be. So whatever he's seeing, it ain't much. I mean, honestly, they should tell him, look, you get three seconds. And if if nothing's there within three seconds, just fucking run. That's not the way the offense should work. But when when James White isn't getting open, then 
nothing is working. You need to make changes. And I don't think it's a personnel thing. I think it's, a, you know, uh, I think it's more how they're running the offense. They might, they need another receiver. Defenses are just keying on Edelman, making sure he can't get open. And he's probably hurt. So those two things are, are keeping him down because he looks, one, he looks old. Two, he looks bored. So that's a problem. Uh, another problem were, were uh, pod bets this weekend. The best bets uh, were a disaster again uh, for your host, especially as somehow the fucking Buffalo Bills couldn't cover against the Jets. The Jets who cannot score, managed to score 10 points against the Bills. All right, that's fine. That's 10 points is good, holding a team to 10. Um, but the Bills' offense could only manage 18 against the fucking Jets. The, the, the Jets are trash. The Bills are frauds. They might win the division just because the Patriots can't get it together, but they're going to get exposed, and they almost did on Sunday. Um... And look, I, I, I really do think the Patriots are going to figure this out. You got to look at the way that they've always done business over the course of the last 20 years, which is the first four games and the preseason have been sort of a, uh, a, 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 a method or a way to kind of hammer shit out, figure things out. The difference this year is they didn't have the preseason, and they got fucked on the bye week. You, but at the same time, you can't take eight games to get your fucking shit together unless you win the you know, eight straight at the end. But if you go two and six to start the year, all right, you finish 10 and six, but I don't really see that happening. They need to get their shit together now. I mean, look, they're only, what are they, two games out? Two games out of out of um, first in the division? Two and four, I think Buffalo's, oh, Buffalo's five and two, so technically two and a half. Um, but yeah, uh, Scott Banksley had the Packers. Um, Jackie Fradley Jr. had the Pats. So uh, thus far, uh, uh, Banksley is rolling five one and one. Jackie Fradley Jr. three and four. Your humble host is two and five. Yuck, just yuck. I took the cheese this week, and I'm going to take the cheese. I think uh, you know, moving forward, uh, I will take the line against the Jets. And I will take the under for any fucking Cowboys game because the Cowboys are donezo. Andy Dalton almost died the other day. And if you haven't seen that hit, you need to find it because gross. Uh, No supplementary uh, discipline, apparently, for the gentleman that uh, took, literally took Andy Dalton's head off. Um, Ultimately, I did finish in the black for the week, so I was very happy thanks to some soccer bets. Speaking of soccer, (laughs) oh, Your West Ham United with another phenomenal match on Saturday and took home a point versus Manchester City. Folks, can you feel it? Can you feel the excitement emanating through your speakers at the moment? West Ham United is going to win the fucking league. No, they're not, but we can talk that way just because it's exciting to see them play well. It's just, you know... it is a, uh, it, it's phenomenal. I, I cannot say enough. Uh, of course, we're probably going to lose our, our best uh, goal scorer to injury, but but we're playing well. And I, you know, God, it's just, it's so nice to see. Uh, get ready for some more soccer talk on the pod or uh, a totally separate soccer pod.
the problem is there's already too many uh, West Ham uh, podcasts. I might do another one. Who the fuck knows? You know, know nothing. It's funny because I'm I'm in a a group with some other uh, West Ham fans, but a vast majority of them are, you know, out in England. The other day on the on the forum, it said somebody posted the question, "Hey, tell your tell your origin story. How'd you become a fan?" And it's like, oh, my my fan, my grandfather uh, was a supporter uh, in 1950. Uh, oh, my dad took me uh, uh, to the bowling ground uh, in 1982. And then there's me. Oh, I've been a fan since uh, you know 2013. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Huh? I'm the sucker that decided to follow that team instead of I don't know somebody good that could win. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, I am hopped up on Treehouse Coffee. That was 26 minutes of rapid fire talking. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's commercial time, so enjoy the commercial. Welcome back to the show. Hopefully you fast forwarded through that commercial. Thank you very much. Um, next weekend, very exciting weekend here uh, in the LaPointe house. Um, it is Bengals weekend. Well, just Bengals Sunday. Uh, my wife and I, for the last uh, four years now, um, well, three years, we we decided that we wanted to um, go to some other cities to see football games. And uh, I came up with a um, totally unoriginal idea to actually put all the helmets in a bucket, all the helmets for all the teams, put them in a bucket, and then once a year... Uh, usually, you know, uh, championship weekend or halftime of the Super Bowl. I don't know. I think we did Super Bowl Sunday in the morning last year where uh, hold out the bucket. My wife will then uh, close her eyes, dip her hand in. Uh, and then on the first uh, helmet, she gets to decide if she wants to put it back or keep the helmet. And that's where we will go. Uh, however, the stipulation is she only gets to pull one more, and then that's the definite, that's the final uh, location. So, year one was Green Bay. <laughs> I mean, the fucking cream of the crop, Green Bay. What a fucking time. Honestly, one of the more fun weekends I've had in years. It was just amazing. We had a great time. Everybody, Wisconsin is a fucking great place. A vast majority of the people in Wisconsin are wonderful uh, they drink copious amounts of beer, fried food, cheese, just, I mean, glorious. Um, went to Milwaukee, went to a Brewers game, that fucking ballpark, amazing. Miller Park, oh my God, what a beautiful place. Just fantastic. Uh, then Green Bay, wonderful little town, really shouldn't be home to an NFL franchise because, I mean... Lambeau Field is smack dab in the middle of a residential neighborhood. It's not technically, it's technically residential. However, you know, the houses around there are used, you know, eight to nine times a, a year uh, as they're essentially rented out to corporations for big parties during uh, Packers games. But we had an absolute fucking blast. Uh, second year we went to Kansas City. Kansas City was very fun. I thoroughly enjoyed Kansas City as a whole. It was nice. Uh, the only downside, it was a fucking three-day monsoon. So we didn't get to experience quite the same, but everybody there was very nice as well. We, uh, a lot of good food. I ended up meeting 
uh, the guy who runs um, uh, beverage for one of the big three um, barbecue. Fuck, I can't remember the name of the goddamn restaurant. Shit. Anyway, super nice guy. Uh, he made a suggestion to buy some seasonings. I did. It was great. So glad I did. Last year, we went to Tennessee. We brought my father-in-law uh, along with us. Meh. It was fine. It, it was fine. I don't want to besmirch the man. Um, I like him. Larry's a good guy. Kind of a pain in the ass, but still a good guy. Um, great time in Tennessee. We had a phenomenal weekend. Uh, no problems there. Now, this year, we uh, we ended up picking Cincinnati out of the bucket. So, not the greatest place. Well, as luck would have it, uh, uh, the pandemic has uh, put put a kibosh on the trip. So we decided, uh, instead of putting that bucket, I mean that that helmet back into the bucket, and uh, and having the chance again to pull out the godforsaken Cincinnati Bengals, we're going to have Bengals Day right here uh, at home. So we're going to set up the tent, we're going to tailgate. Uh, and and try to watch the game. Not sure how I'm going to get this thing. I get the game. I think they play the Titans. I'm not. I can't remember. But uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, I spent some time trying to figure out. Okay, what is Cincinnati famous for? Like how? Because typically when we when we've gone to places, we make it a point to see other things other than the. Uh, the game. So we typically will go to a baseball game or we'll go to a stadium. We'll go to, you know, for tours and everything else. And so, you know, we get to see a lot of different things. Well, Cincinnati is not really known for a ton of different shit uh, other than being across the border from Kentucky and on the, uh, on the river. Interesting history, Cincinnati, but not interesting enough for uh, trying to do Cincinnati shit when you're not in Cincinnati. So it was like, okay, what, what kind of food? Well, uh, chili. All right. Well, the chili apparently isn't like your normal chili. It's thinner, has cinnamon in it. You put it on spaghetti. So whatever. So I managed to finagle um, a couple of cans <laughs> through the mail of uh, Skyline chili. So we're gonna have Skyline chili, and that's like, all right. What what beer do they serve at the stadium? There has to be like a local beer that. That they serve at at uh, Paul Brown Stadium. You know what they serve there? Bud Light. No fucking surprise. No surprise at all. Well, as luck would have it, I knew that uh, Sam Adams, your local Boston lager, brews its beer in Cincinnati. Interesting uh, turn of events. So next weekend we're gonna have Skyline Chili uh, on spaghetti uh, with. A gigantic pile of cheddar cheese, which is how they do it. I don't know why. Uh, and Sam Adams Boston Lager. Got some Bengals gear. So we're going to rock that out. We're going to look stupid. Hopefully none of the neighbors see us. Um, but it's a way to check that box. Hey, yep, we went to Cincinnati. Check that box. Dunzo. So looking forward to that. Hopefully next year we'll be able to actually go. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, we're actually we're going to 
uh, Antigua at the end of November for our uh, anniversary weekend. We were sort of really forced into this. I called uh, the resort to see about moving dates. And basically, any date that we moved to is going to cost us a minimum of $1,200 more. It's like, you motherfucking snakes. So we bought our airfare. Hopefully, American Airlines doesn't fucking cancel flights. They like to do that because they, you know, are American Airlines. They fucking blow. So we'll be headed to the Caribbean at the end of the month. Uh, might might do a, an impromptu pod over the phone while I'm there. We'll see. We'll see how that happens. Speaking of podcasts over the phone. Now, see, that's a fucking segue, David. That's what you need. Great segue. Uh, I heard the other day, Billy McFarland has a podcast. Are you familiar with Billy McFarland? Well, you should be. Billy McFarland is the uh, the, the Firefest guy. Uh, Billy's a guy who's now in jail for defrauding uh, a ton of people. But a lot of, you know, dumb rich kids out of hundreds of thousands of dollars to see what probably would have been the worst music festival of all time on a uh, relatively unfriendly um, island in the Bahamas. He fucking scammed a ton of locals. There's a, there's still a GoFundMe, an active GoFundMe page. For the uh, the restaurant lady, the lady that owned the restaurant that was featured in the documentaries, please find it. Please uh, give her some money because she deserves every penny that she gets and more. But anyways, old Billy, old Bill here, um, he took some uh, promo photos with a disposable camera at the prison and recorded a podcast with a with a buddy of his uh, over the phone. So he called in to to this uh, uh, podcast that was being uh, produced by a friend of his. Prison found out, gave him fucking 90 days of solitary confinement. What the fuck is that about? Look, both the punishment and that pod are textbook definitions of cruel and unusual. And he has to be there because the prison is probably embarrassed even though there's apparently, from what I've read, nothing against the rules about talking on the phone or taking pictures. So, a very, very odd situation. My guess is that they're going to be shamed somehow into letting him out early. At least I would hope. Look, nobody deserves it. From what I understand, the UN has said that solitary confinement is uh, cruel and unusual, essentially a war crime. Yet here, the prison system here in America doesn't give a fuck about anybody. As long as it's making a couple bucks... They'll throw old Bill into fucking solitary and hope that he dies so they don't have to keep paying for his stay there. It's usually how it goes. Uh, but, you know, look, Bill McFarland is no, you shouldn't really feel too much sympathy for the guy. Classic white guy thinking he can get, get away with just about any anything, having no regard for anyone who he perceives to be less than him. Uh, he's admitted to being a piece of shit, even though, uh, and I would assume that maybe prison is somewhat helped, but giving someone three months of solitary for talking on the phone is fucking rough. Even for a guy who shouldn't be allowed to talk to anybody on the phone. Credit scams. When he, he, he ran a fucking credit card scam. He was either before Firefest or after. I, I think it was after when he was out on bail for fraud. But, you know, of course, now Billy has a fucking top 10, top 100 podcast. I'm hoping to get to the top 10,000. Maybe 100,000 would be nice. 
That's how many godforsaken fucking podcasts are out there. I started a podcast because I, I like to whine and I was unemployed. Uh, I didn't start a podcast because I defrauded thousands of people out of thousands of dollars and I was sitting in a jail cell. Then again, again, his story is far more interesting. What can you do? Anyways, um, as it is Monday, it is time for Three Gripes. Okay, gripe number one. Uh, robocalls. Uh, these fucking things have... Uh, the sophistication is off the charts now for a number of uh, different reasons. That's another crutch of mine for a number of different reasons. Wow, that's terrible. Um, I've been getting a ton of them lately. And a lot of them are political. So I'm like, all right, what the fuck? This isn't... This is bullshit. So I go to the uh, the FTC's website, the Federal Trade Commission, and I... I search uh robocalls did you know political calls are completely fucking allowed without your permission what how and why get the absolute fuck out of here there is no reason for anyone to be calling me unless i've given you my phone number unless i've given you permission to reach out to me if I've donated to your campaign, there's permission. If I've signed up for an email list, there's permission. But otherwise, don't call ever anybody. Not just robocalls. But... So there are a ton of, uh, of, uh, of things here about uh, robocalls. Basically, um, you know, the first thing that it says... Uh, if you answer the phone and hear a recorded message instead of a live person, it's a robocall, and likely they're trying to sell you something, and the odds are that it's illegal, and are probably scams. The fucking FTC's website here is trash. Ugh. And this kind of ties into uh, that bullshit press conference that uh, National Intelligence had uh, last week about the, the Iranians and the Russians uh, trying to... to undermine our election okay well no shit sherlock we, we've we talked about that but uh you know it's it's very concerning at the level of sophistication where you know they spin what it is that they're trying to tell you to try to get you to either call another another number directly push a button to con to, to confirm this that and the other thing uh there are all kinds of call blocking solutions none of them really work and it's like, what you know? What should I do if I get an illegal robocall? Well, hang up. Oh, no shit. No shit. And then it's like, oh, report the call. What the fuck? You know, you give them a phone number that you know. There's some sort of weird algorithm that I'm sure you've seen where you get these calls from numbers that look exactly like yours. And then you know, you call the number back, and sometimes it'll just go to the person who actually belongs to the number. I, I get those fucking calls all the time. Hey, did you just call me? No. Yeah, you did. Nope. I don't know who you are, so I definitely didn't call you. In fact, I don't call anybody. What else is the FTC doing about robocalls? Well, nothing, because it just makes our friends money, so probably won't. Uh, and then the do not call registry is designed to stop real fucking uh, 
companies, not not scammers. They're working with law enforcement agencies to it encourages industry efforts. No, they don't. They don't, please. They don't care about you. The FTC, please give me a fucking break. Uh, I just hate them. I don't like robocalls. Nobody does. And there really should be more done uh, to stop these fucking things. My biggest concern is that one of these days, I know I'm going to hear from my mother about something where she gets a call from somebody and panics. And it's a fucking scammer. You know, that's the shit that I, that makes me nervous. Uh, that's really, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the serious gripe. I don't like them. All right, let's get to the dumb shit. Gripe number two. Curbside delivery for things and or places that shouldn't feature curbside delivery. Case in point, amazing superstores. Big, big thank you to listener Mark for letting me know that he saw a roadside billboard the other day for amazing that exclaimed, quote, now offering curbside pickup, end quote. Now, for those of you who may not be aware uh, Amazing is a, a shop here in the uh, greater New England region that caters to those looking for a variety of uh, sex toys, lingerie, etc., etc., accessories, whatever. Uh, my first question is, why can't you get this shit in the mail? I don't know. Uh, another question that came up is, how many people were turned away just from going into browse that necessitated this feature? Now, look, granted, again... We are in the midst of a global viral pandemic, so you don't want people just milling about your fucking sex shops and spreading. (laughs) Spreading their seed and the virus everywhere. (laughs) That's so fucking gross. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Now, look, uh, American society is still... uh, way too prudish when it comes to sex. But why not just mention on the billboard to visit the website and then mention the curbside uh, delivery? Uh, Let me put my wannabe ad man hat on uh, at the moment. And so the banner at the top of soamazing.com. Free ad for the day. Soamazing.com. Be sure to scroll down. And check out, this really fucked me up this morning, but it was funny as fuck. Uh, and, and scroll down to see the pussy face oral sex mouth gag. If if only for the mind-blowingly hilarious picture. <laughs> Awful. It's like, who buys that? Sweetie, uh, I want you to put this... Pussy face oral sex mouth gag on uh, for for this evening. Boy, am I turned on. Oh, man. It's just so funny. Anyway, uh, so you go there, and then the banner at the top of the page can say something like, "Uh, can't wait for that 16-inch double-ended dildo to come in the mail while now offering curbside pickup. That's it. You drive traffic to your website, which I assume... Is the more uh, they probably make way more money with their with their e-commerce than they do their brick and mortar. So why not just drive more traffic to the website instead of having to d- drive actual traffic to the front of the store? 
<laughs> there's so many ways, so many directions you can go here. But the thing that just doesn't make sense to me is, so you buy the shit, and then someone comes out and gives it to you while you're sitting in your car. Is it, is it just, it's the need, the deviant need for some of these fucking people. And I, I can't even say deviants. I don't know why I'm being such a, it's a very prudish thing to say. They're not deviant, they're just expressing their sexuality. There's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. You don't be a prude. If you're listening to this and you're having that same reaction, stop being such a fucking puritanical prick. No need. But there's also no need for curbside pickup at fucking amazing superstores. Just, you know, put it in the mail. Just say free shipping instead. Yeah, problem solved. Now you're going to have a bunch of fucking uh, weird... <laughs> you're not going to have a bunch of... They're going to have a bunch of mustachioed perverts sitting in their Buick Skylark in front of the amazing superstores waiting for their uh, fucking sex toys to come in. I don't know why I think of a mustached guy at a Buick Skylark. A, uh, a beige or like a tan, like an old, uh, like an 89 Buick Skylark brown. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Only to me, though. It's only funny to me. All right, gripe number gripe number three. This also came from a listener. Thank you, listener Dave. This is a good one. I like this one. The I voted sticker. Uh, why do we need uh, to, to feel the need to advertise to everybody something that you should be doing anyway? He also complained about uh, ashes on people's foreheads on Ash Wednesday. Eh, I don't really see a problem with it, but that's just an ad for their religion. It's like, good luck going the whole day with that shit in your face, sir. You know, I understand what you're trying to convey here, but it's a little... The weird thing for me was that uh, on Ash Wednesday, a couple of years in a row, you'd go to the train station and there'd be somebody administering ashes at the train station. Doesn't that sort of lose the uh, the connection to religion when you're when you're uh, standing at the platform for mass transit and getting uh, Jesus's ashes rubbed in your forehead? I don't get it. So this is my thing with religion. It's just so fucking. Ugh, I just don't get it. Uh, anyways. The I voted sticker. Look, I did. I don't recall getting one in 1996 when I pulled the lever for Ross Perot, but I probably should have. The only people that should be holding the I voted sticker are the people that just went and voted for the first time in their life. It's a very special thing. I still think that voting is very, uh, it's great. I love voting. I vote all the time. Local elections, I go to them all the time. I'm, I'm in the, I'm in a new town now. I'm looking forward to canceling some fucking Trump votes. Uh, with my Trump, with my uh, Biden vote this week, yep. I'm, I'm, we're a very politically agnostic podcast here, folks. But if you've listened to the show, I think you have a fucking idea of which way we lean. Anyhow, uh, the sticker ch- is just dumb. Uh, it's it's vanity, and there's no need for it. What we really should do is what happens in a lot of second and third world countries, where when you vote, they dip your index finger into an ink that doesn't wash off for a couple days, and you've got like a fucking blue finger that's to make sure that somebody doesn't vote twice that's to combat actual voter fraud and if the current administration was so concerned about alleged voter fraud uh, why not do that why not go around dipping fingers in ink you know instead of sending your fucking minions to go fucking burn uh, ballots inside of voting boxes which I've now seen three reports of 
fucking oh god this country is ridiculous uh we could not only avoid any perceived pitfalls but also rid ourselves of the entire i voted sticker industry which honestly is a win-win for everybody nobody needs it thank you dave that's a good one excellent gripe and i agree ten thousand percent look that's it for the show this one's been uh, this has been a fun one uh the script worked i was riffing a little bit in there uh it was good caffeinated nicely caffeinated treehouse coffee not um thrilled with the treehouse coffee you know don't hate it don't love it it's a real uh mishmash i got to try some of their other ones but um thursday show fingers crossed hoping to have a guest so i'm hoping to have an interview uh for you guys on thursday with uh, uh an acquaintance of mine who big big sports fan and the angle that i'm taking is just sort of sports fandom and how how that evolves over the course of someone's life so uh, it's an interesting angle, I think, and I hope. Um, my hope is that it conveys well with the guests, so we'll see. Um, fingers crossed. Um, but that's it. Listen, thank you for listening to the show. Please, I implore you to tell your friends. If you want to leave a message, give me a call, 617-65-RIP-EM. Uh, I am doing a giveaway on the Instagram page, at ComplaintsPod giving away some ugly fucking merch. And I know you're excited to wear it in public so everyone can ask you, what is that crap? You can say, yeah, check it out. Here it is, complaints and observations. You know, it's something to to do your work in the background. It's something in the background while you're working, you know? And then when somebody asks you, hey, what are you listening to? You can say, oh, nothing. Uh, at Complaints Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Go to Facebook. I have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I also have a YouTube page, and I don't really use, and I should. I think I might use some for uh, for Bengals Day, just to put it up there to see it. While you're at... Uh, <laughs> while you're on uh, YouTube, I would like you to uh, check out uh, my pal, uh, Jason Farrell. He has a new song. Uh, go to YouTube, J Farrell Music, the letter J Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L Music. Uh, he uh, he's a vocalist, plays guitar, bass, uh, and his son Ian uh, plays the drums. So uh, check it out. New track called uh, "Fountain Deep Inside." It's a good song. I enjoyed it. Uh, so check it out. Um, but that's it for the show. Again, thank you very much. Go to the Instagram page, sign, you know, get involved with a giveaway. It's a cheap way for me to get more fucking uh, uh, followers on Instagram. I'm up to 79, I think. I'd like to get to 100. So if you're listening to the show and you haven't told your friends, don't be a fucking asshole. Don't be an asshole. Tell your friends. Tell them to listen to my show. I'm sure they listen to 85 other podcasts. What's one more? But that's it. Anyways, thank you so very much. Uh, Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta. I neglected to add the ta-ta at the end. I hit the stop button way too soon. I am going to come crashing down from this coffee rush. So...
Anyways, ta-ta.